Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit Podcast. I'm Baruch Levy, also known as B. I am creator of the Defiant Spirit and the Defy Your Number Enneagram System. Some of you are joining me on iTunes, others on, I don't think we're on Spotify right now, but um, many Podbean, um, other places, and many of you are on YouTube. Now, oftentimes it doesn't matter. I would say, you know, if you're ever going to watch one, these might be the, the podcasts to watch as videos because I'm going to use some slides in each of these and it's helpful but if you don't have the slide or you don't want to watch you want to listen that's fine too i'll talk you through it and you can always get the slides from me or you can get them on my website defiantspirit.org so when i teach the enneagram for those of you don't know i teach the enneagram um created my own system and i've merged the great Dr. Viktor Frankl, his inspiration, his life example, logotherapy. I'm a logotherapist. It's meaning-centered living, bringing his great inspiration to the Enneagram, merging them. First time ever. I can't find another um, system out there of Enneagram that's built upon and around Dr. Frankl. And his idea that we are either in reaction or in response, his famous quote that many people know, Between stimulus and response, there is a space, and in that space lies our power to choose our response. So between stimulus and um, response, there's a space. Between shit happening and us reacting, we have a moment, or we have a lot of moments, or we have a split second, or we can learn how to create that space. But whatever that space is, we don't have to react. We can learn to respond, or as Dr. Frankel says, to become responsible, response-able, able to respond. And so when I teach the Enneagram, oftentimes people say, hey, B, give me some examples. Give me some homework. Give me, you know, I want to bring it to life. And that's why I love the Enneagram. Nine fundamental ways of being in the world, patterns. And you can see these patterns all throughout the world, all throughout life. And especially, I like to find them in movies and television because oftentimes they're caricatures. They're extreme examples of each Enneagram type. But really gives it some flavor. And that's what I want to do over the course of the next few videos. I'm not sure how many it will be. We'll see how long each one goes. I want to walk through each Enneagram type in television and in on the big screen um, and just kind of give you some highlights. Now, the pages I'm going to show you, there's one page per Enneagram number, so nine numbers, all in my Defy Your Number program. So now you can get this and so much more. I feel like an infomercial. And if you buy now, I'll throw in um, a lot because there's a lot that went into my program to find your number. If you already know your number, your Enneagram type, then you can just reach out to me or my assistant at defiantspirit.org and we'll get you into the program. Um, it's 41 pages of an ebook. It's There's a workbook. There are videos. There's bonus supplemental materials. I am so proud of this work that I have created, spent 
almost two years putting this together. Um, so if you don't if you don't know your type, then you can take an assessment with me. If you do know your type, it's I believe $199. If you don't know your type, it's $299. And again, a super substantial A to Z program to not only get your number, but to live your number and then to defy your number. And so here's one of the pages in it you're going to get. Um, and this is for Enneagram 1. So for those of you listening, we're doing Enneagram 1 today. Name that one. And this is a like page 10 or something in my book. So this is my gift to you right now, whether you take on the Defy Your Number program. This is an example. I have so many ways to bring the Enneagram to life. I got like, if an Enneagram one was a country, if an Enneagram one was a music genre, if an Enneagram one was a sport, if an Enneagram one it goes on and on and on. And that to me is so important about the Enneagram and so few programs out there offer pop culture and just interesting ways to learn about this as part of the program. They may reference it. I build it into the program. So um, this is what you get for Enneagram One. Whether or not you're an Enneagram One, you may have it as part of, well, you certainly have it as part of your profile. We have all nine numbers in us, but it may be a central part of your profile, what I call your whole type, or some people call your tri-type. So one of your three primary numbers. And if, if you were a one, this would be how you act. I'm not going to do this right now, but Think, feel, and act. So eight, nine, and one are the action triad. Two, three, and four are the feeling triad. And five, six, and seven are the thinking triad. And you're gonna have one dominant in each of these. So you may be an Enneagram seven, but your whole type may consist of an Enneagram one, as an example. And that's you think like a seven, but you act like a one. And then you would have two, three, or four as your heart type. At any rate, Let's look at Enneagram One, or you know ones. I have a one son. I have a one brother. I have, I had a one father. I believe my dad's was uh, Enneagram type was a one. I have many Enneagram One clients. Remember, they're the reformer. They're the perfectionist. They are the idealists. They are the principle value based types. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a whole podcast on Enneagram One. Go back and listen to it. I've done Wealth 360 with my friend Michael Feiner around Enneagram One, the blue chip investor. Go listen to it. Um, I have leadership program. And in the leadership program, I think it's called the principal leadered, leader Enneagram One. You start to get the, the vibe. Okay, Enneagram One in pop culture. So TV Ones. Well, I'm not even going to delineate because I can't tell always... Some of these characters go back and forth, but I'm looking at the top right corner. And if you're looking at this slide, you see the original Batman, not the dark brooding Batman. I think Batman is an example of a character that's evolved in cinema. Um, well, this wasn't cinema. This was TV, but who's evolved over time and changed. I like that, too. I mean, the Batman today versus the Batman when I was growing up, totally different Batmans. Batman today, certainly like the Christian Bale version, I think more fourish, more brooding, or yeah, I think a lot more fourish. Although Enneagram one and four have a line, and there's a there's a connection between the two. We're not going into that. You can listen to that elsewhere. But Enneagram one Batman um, principle, you know, and back in the day, superheroes were a little more simplistic. It was a black and white, and Enneagram ones tend towards black and white. So principle, value-based, um, you know, good versus evil kind of a thing. 
binary thinking, black and white, again, it's all or it's nothing. So you have a lot of superheroes. I would say most of the early superheroes, the Marvel characters anyways, I don't think as much, sorry, not the Marvel, the DC Comics characters. Marvel became a little more complex. You know, you look at um, you look at X-Men and you look at Fantastic Four, they're just a little more nuanced and than the early DC Comics, but you have Batman, you have Superman, I think Wonder Woman. Is she up here? She could be up here. There's a there's a one-like quality to all of them. And um, you know, it's it's a it's a sort of a yesteryear kind of a number. It's more conservative by nature, it's more modest. Enneagram ones are, you know, they just have that sort of leave it to beaver right and wrong. Father knows best. None of that is up here, I don't think. But those are all Enneagram one-ish vibes, feelings. Um, Enneagram ones are wisdom people. So Yoda, I'm looking at Yoda now, I moved from Batman to Yoda. Um, next to Yoda is Captain America. He's definitely an Enneagram One, you know, kind of a goody two shoes quality. If you know, these are characters and caricatures, so you you know you take it with a grain of salt. But there is a a goody goody thing that a one can be, sort of the good boy, the good girl. Now that doesn't mean they're good. It doesn't mean they're beneath the surface. They're not manipulating. That's oftentimes just their way of doing it. Remember back in the day, um, Eddie Haskell from Leave It to Beaver. I don't know if he was one, but he presented himself like a one. But then, you know, the parents would leave and he would be something totally different. So I don't think he truly was a one. It sounds more three-ish. But that reformer, that perfectionist comes across very good. And sometimes underneath it, a lot of, a lot of darker stuff going on. Yoda, I don't know if he's one or five. Lots of times characters and people will, to me, look very similar on the surface as ones or fives because they're both um, clear thinkers. They're clear strategic people. The difference is in motivation, whereas a five really is all about wisdom and knowledge and understanding. The one is much more about right and wrong. And I think of a Yoda character as much more in the realm of right and wrong and communicating that to you know to luke and star wars becoming a mentor i think ones can very much become mentoring type figures they just have that clarity about them i gotta be honest i look at some of these characters i don't even know who they are i did this like a year ago and and I did research. I didn't just grab anybody, but I cannot say that I have watched every show on here. I actually don't want to say that. Um, and I certainly can't remember all the names if I did. But you'll 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 uh, you'll fill in the blanks. You'll tell me who it is. Um, I certainly know who Elsa is because Elsa from Frozen. My one of my children just lived on Elsa on Frozen, but on Elsa specifically for a few years. So I heard and watched that movie over and over again. And Elsa is this um, ice queen. And, and there's an iciness to a one. Again, reactive, not the highest version, but there's a, a distance that a one will present. Oftentimes hiding behind morality, hiding behind their principles, like an ivory tower, like a, like a frozen castle. And if you watch that movie, 
Elsa is alone because she lives in an untouchable place. Now, sometimes that untouchability is true and good, and sometimes it's a defense mechanism. It's a way to hide from relationship. Even I've said this before, but even when you hug a one, they're not the most huggable people. I mean, they're incredibly lovely and loving, but they're the body types. Eight, nine, and one are not the touchy feelies of the Enneagram. That'd be two, three, and four, maybe some seven. Um, they're a little more rigid in physical form. So when you hug a one, there's almost a little bit of a rigidity. I'd say it's probably the most rigid type, um, a tightness, a clenching. It's where, you know, this anal retentive Freudian piece comes from. I've said it before with ones, but they're the most anal retentive when they're reactive. Control, that's all that anal attentive, uh, retentive is, is a baby's um, first primary ability to control revolves around bowel movements. So there's this like clenched and closed and rigid thing with reactive ones. You can see it in, I'm looking at um, Claire from, am I looking at Claire? I feel like I just saw Claire. There she is. Um, from Modern Family. If you watch Modern Family, Claire, the daughter of Jay, um, the wife of Phil, Claire has this clear one. I mean, she is all about structure and order and cleanliness and right and wrong and black and white. And there's a rigidity around her. Now, it's quite appealing when it's holding the family together, when it's creating a um, structure for a family dynamic and unit. And, you know, somebody's got to plan the Thanksgiving dinner and put the napkins out and all that. And Claire takes on that role, but then she, you can feel with ones, there's this anger that they're not in touch with. And sometimes in the, in the show, like she'll just be fuming. It's coming out her ears, but she doesn't know she's angry and everybody else around her knows she's angry. Enneagram eight, nine, and one all deal in anger. Eights express anger. So you know it when you're with an eight, they just, they, they explode. Nines, they go away from anger, so they don't know they're angry, and nobody else knows they're angry. And ones, um, everybody knows they're angry, but they don't know they're angry. So that's that repression piece. You have, um, what's his name? What's her name? Simpson. Um, oh, I just blanked. Bart's sister, <laughs> Lisa Simpson. There's this right and wrong, this goody two-shoes, this finger wagging. That's a, that's a one like extension of their reactivity. When they're in reaction, there's this like pointing quality, this, you know, picking quality, a picking, uh, um, picking apart, a critique, and it can be outwardly directed or can be directed towards themselves. So look down in the corner, you can kind of see the face of Lucy from Charlie Brown, always picking on Charlie Brown, always correcting him, always, you know, right and just precise and nobody can measure up. And there's this criticism, Hermione Granger from um, Harry Potter, same theme, same vibe. And they're difficult to be around when they're reactive, when they're low functioning. Now, when they're high functioning, they are methodical. They are just unbelievable doers in a very disciplined way. So I'm looking at Andy Dufresne from one of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. And Andy is clearly a one. He could be a five. 
He plays a lot of fives and ones in, in most of his movies. And that's true with a lot of actors and actresses. They'll play their Enneagram type because that's what they're good at. As an aside, I'd love to be called by a Hollywood, you know, kind of a um, casting director to use the Enneagram to find the right type for the role. I think that would be fun because I think we naturally know our type and we gravitate towards, I imagine, those parts. I'm not an actor. And that's why you see so many real life people playing characters that are the same Enneagram type. Well, Andy Dufresne is certainly uh, Tim Robbins and Andy Dufresne are ones. And you can see it all throughout the movie because it's just this discipline day in, day out, not losing sight of the target, of the task, of the mission, which is to escape. He was wronged. He was in the right, but he was framed for a murder he didn't commit. And then he finds his way out. And in the end, he turns it around and the people in the movie who are corrupt get theirs. And, you know, the good guy always wins. The bad guy always loses kind of a thing. And that's Andy Dufresne. Um, who else do we have on here? I'm not saying that all of these are perfect. They may not be. Um, but I think that they're by and large in the right ballpark. So we also have, let's see, up here we have, um, I'll talk about Mary Poppins. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. But there is a prim and properness to Enneagram Ones. I think very much like a British culture it's, um, you know, just a little more civilized, a little more disciplined, a little more conservative. And you can feel that in that Mary Poppins character. And they can become matriarch and patriarch figures different than some of the other types based around that. They're dutiful. So they take care of their duties, responsibility. I mean, I think Enneagram ones are the most responsible type when they're responding, when they're healthy. And they can also degenerate into something far less than that. They can start neglecting their duties if they're reactive. It becomes too much, too much of a burden. And they collapse almost under the weight of the pressure that they put on themselves. So a lot of these figures you'll see in here really put a ton of pressure on themselves to be good and to be perfect. Don Draper's wife, I forgot her name, in Mad Men, she's on here. Um, there is this pressure and then random but a member of the movie um ferris bueller his sister in the movie and then she went on to be in um, dirty dancing jennifer gray is that jennifer i think it is yeah um she in that movie is sort of like the moral conscience right and almost wants to crush ferris bueller's day off his good time she's like plotting against him because what he's doing is technically wrong and so she wants to bring right to it but what she misses out on is sometimes you have to put away the moral compass away right and wrong and just kind of live life and have fun which is why the enneagram one has that line also between the one and the seven the seven is the fun the one is the disciplined and so you know, they need to let loose and come over and be a little more one-ish, or sorry, seven-ish um, at times, and put away the judgment, put away the criticism, put away the to-do list. And so she really shows us sort of that unhealthy one. And then at the end of the movie, she comes to realize that maybe she needs a little more of what her brother has. The movie never says it, but he definitely needs a little more of what she has. And I see this with sevens and ones. They need what the other has, the enthusiast and the reformer. Um, and you can see this all throughout these 
it's almost a necessary countertype to the freewheeling, the fun character, the, you know, the living life, Jerry Seinfeld. You know, he plays that little more rigid and he gives like to Kramer, who's probably a seven, um, that freedom and they need each other. You know, you need that tension that a seven and a one can 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 bring to the equation, can bring to the, you know, the right movie or television combination. Uh, Monica from Friends, definitely a one. And so she allows, for instance, Joey, the seven, to be the kind of the the fun one and the crazy one and the like spontaneous. And she is much more of the rigid and again, caricatures. And the work of the Enneagram is to defy our number. And that's where I'm going to leave you is our work isn't just to succumb to it. It's to watch these movies. It's to watch these TV shows to see usually the shadow side, the reactive side of the Enneagram type. Um, sometimes the high side, the, the superpower, the Superman or Wonder Woman, um, and to really start looking at right how that one shows up in our life, whether we're a one, whether it's part of our whole type, whether we're with a one, to appreciate the, the range of a one from reactive to responsive and to defy your number. You are not a number. You are all the numbers and you are beyond a number. You are the defined power of the human spirit, as Dr. Frankel said, and your work is to discover your one so that you can defy your one. And these are some characters in um, television and in the movies that can help you bring the Enneagram to life. If you'd like to learn more, jump over to defy, uh, defiantspirit.org where you can learn about the program. At the very least, download nine Enneagram types, walk into a bar, and this is how they react or they respond. My gift to you for making the journey of the Enneagram with me. Until the next time, defy your number and live your spirit. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.